This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. إِنَّ قَارُونَ كَانَ مِنْ قَوْمِ مُوسَى فَبَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ مَا إِنَّ مَفَاتِحَهُ لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُصْبَةِ أُولِي الْقُوَّةِ إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ قَوْمُهُ لَا تَفْرَحْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الفريحين وابتغ فيما آتاك الله الدار الآخرة ولا تنس نصيبك من الدنيا وأحسن كما أحسن الله إليك ولا تبغي الفساد في الأرض إن الله لا يحب المفسدين قال إنما أوتيته على علم عندي أولم يعلم أن الله قد أهلك من قبله من القون من وأشد منه قوة وأكثر جمعا ولا يسأل عن ذنوبهم المجرمون فخرج على قومه في زينته قال الذين يريدون الحياة الدنيا يا ليت لنا قال الذين يريدون الحياة الدنيا يا ليت لنا مثل ما أوتي قارون إنه لذو حظ عظيم وقال الذين أوتوا العلم ويلكم ثواب الله خير من آمن وعمل صالحا ولا يلقاها إلا الصابرون فخسفنا به وبداره الأرض فما كان له من فئة ينصرونه من دون الله وما كان من المنتصرين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله we praise Allah سبحانه وتعالى we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم his household his companions may Allah bless every single one of us and grant us ease brothers and sisters it's beautiful to be back here in Harare in your midst and it's beautiful to be speaking to you tonight on this beautiful night where the weather is quite cold and cool although we are in the 
hottest month of the year, the month of October generally, yet we are finding ourselves wearing jackets and so on at night the last few days. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to appreciate the fact that we have the weather that is perhaps the best or one of the best on the globe. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. And I think many people are unaware of this. And many people do not really know that we here in Zimbabwe enjoy some brilliant weather throughout the year. May Allah help us to be thankful. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are in the months of Hajj. And we all know the Hujjaj have already left for Hajj, almost all of them. And we all know that the numbers are building up. We are waiting for the moon and then the day of Eid shall be decided. With us, there will be something happening. And what is this? Inshallah, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will either be a part of the sacrifice in that we sacrifice an animal for ourselves and our family members, or we witness it and benefit from it. One of the two. It won't really be a third in this country, mashallah, we always see it and we actually are a part of it in one way or another. So every year we see the sacrifice. And every year we witness what has happened. And we see, subhanallah, these sheep or the cows or the goats or whatever else is being slaughtered. We see that they are being slaughtered in the most humane way. We are taught how to do it. We are taught what to do. And if you, be, if you had the fortune of going into an abattoir, those abattoirs that are certified halal, you will find them doing it in a similar way. Very humane, very, very uh, beautiful way of uh, fulfilling what you would like. But if you go into abattoirs that are not certified halal, a lot of the times they are very barbaric, very barbaric. And the commercialization of the meat industry has made it such that people have no time for being kind to these animals or even birds in the case of poultry. And they have no time to be kind to all that. They are worried about the money of it. So they will pump it up with as much as they can in terms of proteins and various other uh, modified items in order to make that particular animal or creature grow quicker than it is supposed to, so that they can get it killed and sent into the market, so that it can be sold. So we are taught in Islam, and the same is taught in Christianity and Judaism, the humane method of slaughter of the animals that we would like to consume and we would like to eat. We are a little bit more strict with this method, and so are the Jews. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to eat that which is halal and only that which is halal. Amen. But what is it that we get from this particular sacrifice? I want to spend a few moments this evening going through some points which we may have heard in the past, but it's always good to refresh our minds. Did you know that by right you're supposed to purchase your animal a little bit in advance and you're supposed to look after it at least for a while and you're supposed to be giving it some hay or whatever else in terms of the fodder or food and you are supposed to be cleaning it and looking after it and up to the day that it is supposed to be sacrificed and that would be the 10th of Dhul-Hijjah, the, 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 the day of Eid and the, the, the days after that which are known as the Ayyam al-Tashriq. The 10th, 11th, 12th, this is the month of Dhul-Hijjah that we are speaking about. And the sacrifice should be 
ideally of an animal that's very close to you. Meaning you've developed a link with this particular animal for a period of time. And the idea is when you have that bond, when you have the link, and then you know that for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is something that has to be done, something you have to sacrifice, following the footsteps of the Prophet Abraham, may peace be upon him. The same story is mentioned or similar in some previous scriptures, but there is a discrepancy as to the name of the sacrificial son or the son whom the instruction was regarding. We firmly believe it was Ismail uh, and the others believe it was Ishaq known as Isaac. May peace be upon them all. Amen. And may peace be upon us as well. So, this sacrifice, all these heavenly religions, they acknowledge that it happened. They acknowledge that there was a ram from heaven that replaced the child. And they acknowledge that the Prophet Abraham, may peace be upon him, executed the command of his maker, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though it did not make sense to him. But he knew Allah and he knew his maker. When his maker gave him instruction, he did it. Why? He knew that that is my maker. I'm going to go back to my maker. I want to ask you a question. And it's for me as well. If I die and you, or you were to die here and now, what were your deeds? Ask yourself. What did you do for Allah? Ask yourself. I know every one of us are counseled spiritually, religiously to believe that the mercy of Allah awaits you because that's our hope. That's our hope. If you think that, hey, there's no mercy of Allah, you need counseling, you need help, believe me. Because the only way we are going to move forward is by believing firmly in the mercy of Allah. But it is important for us to know that that alone is not sufficient in the sense that we need to try together with that. You know, when you do something and, you, and something wrong and you apologize to someone once, and you know, this person is a very, very nice person. You know, they say, hey, that's a cool guy. Don't worry. Just go and talk to him and he'll, he'll excuse you. And you go to him, look, I'm very sorry I did this. And in your heart, you do it again. And then you do it again. And the third time, no matter how cool the guy might be, but there'll come a time when he say, you know what? Enough is enough. So Allah is much more merciful than that. But we cannot be defying our maker. This is why spice up your book of deeds with a lot of istighfar. So every little while your istighfar is sprinkled over what you've done. Istighfar meaning repentance, seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And learn from Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's life. Why do you think this is repeated every year? Every single year it's repeated. Even the hajj, those who've been mashallah, they've gone. Those who have been in the past, alhamdulillah. Those who may be going in the future, alhamdulillah. There are some who haven't been and they don't have hope in the near future to go because their means do not even point in the direction of Hajj being farad upon them. So we do know that they will at least have a smell and a scent of the Hajj, either from the Hajjis or from someone or from a lecture or from anything. Every year it repeats itself. Do you know why? Because we need to refresh our memories. What did Ibrahim salam do? Allah says, we want you to repeat it so that you know that this is what made us happy. So Allah says, repeat it. What did Allah repeat? Or what did Allah make Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam do? And we are to repeat this every year. Allah instructed him 
and Allah expected him to fulfill the instruction. That's it. There's nothing else about it. And he did. He fulfilled the instruction. So I have a question for myself and yourselves. Allah has instructed us and He expects us to fulfill the instruction. Are we ready? Do we do it? Do we not do it? And no instruction of Allah's can be as serious as the instruction dished out to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Not a single one. With us it's just get up early. Allahu Akbar, read your fajr. That's an instruction. You know, abstain from that which is haram for the sake of Allah. You know, watch out what you eat for the sake of Allah. So you can eat, but just watch out, be careful. Make sure everything is okay. You know, don't deceive. Don't cheat people. Don't, for example, there's so many rulings that we have, but they are light. Light in the sense that in comparison to what Ibrahim was instructed to do, that wasn't the only instruction. He was told, leave your wife and your son here in the middle of nowhere and you go. He didn't even say, oh, so should I lay my trust in you? He didn't even say that. He left and he carried on. No even question. He didn't even tell his family what's happening because to him, Allah said, do this. He did it. Has Allah ever issued an instruction to us as, as, well, I wouldn't like to term it harsh, but as tough as that, they just leave them and just go in the middle of nowhere. So you're driving back from Gweru, for example, and suddenly you stop somewhere near somewhere and say, I jump out. What are you doing? You are not the Prophet Abraham. Believe me. Allahu Akbar. May Allah bless us all and grant us happiness in our homes. That would have been a tough instruction. Imagine a child he had after years on end. And now he's told, put them there. Carry. You know what? One of the points, there are thousands of points of benefit. One of them is, never let your families come between you and your maker. It's a point. It's a solid point. Which means, Allah has instructed you, for example, to dress in a specific way. Your family member doesn't want you to dress in that way. You will still fulfill the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will slowly explain to them, look, this is what it is. You don't need to make a big issue in the sense that it is a major thing. But the way you speak means a lot. Sometimes people's parents are a little bit tough on them because they feel, you know, this person is getting up too early for Salatul Fajr and so on. Sadly, there are homes where the father will say, hey, you're disturbing me. You must get up after sunrise. Sadly, it's happening. So you need to get up quietly, tiptoe, talk to your dad once, twice, in a sweet, beautiful way. Win him over. You'll win him over in a little while. But if we come and we ask the sheikh, what should I do? My dad, he tells me to wake up after sunrise. And the sheikh comes up and says, he's a kafir. And you're supposed to, you know, leave the house and do this and do that. Believe me, we are living in a world whereby you need to speak and communicate. A lot of people are in sync but they haven't discussed what it is and they haven't had the opportunity of being educated properly. And for that reason, they don't know the importance of certain items as it should be. So to, the best thing to do is educate them in a sweet and a beautiful way. And that's how we will get across. That's how we will actually be able to benefit ourselves and them. So the point being raised is Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, when it came to the instruction of Allah, he did not allow anything to deter him. With us, what are the instructions? You know them, they are basic. I can tell it to you in one sentence. Be a good Muslim and a good human being. That's the instruction. Is there anything else that Allah has instructed us? Nothing else. So we need to be a good human and a good Muslim. That's all. And in order to do that, what are we prepared to sacrifice? You will have to sacrifice your time, your effort, 
your energy, your wealth, and so on, you will have to sacrifice this for the sake of Allah. This is why if you look at the biggest acts of worship that achieve cleansing for an individual, they are known as salah and zakat. One is to sacrifice with your body. Your laziness must be kicked out. That itself is a cleansing. When we are lazy, we cannot be cleansed. Did you ever know that? Laziness is an obstacle between us and Allah. Because shaitan seizes the opportunity of this laziness and makes us more lazy and then diverts the laziness to major things such as salah and zakah and so on. So if we can discipline ourselves, number one, and then we can detach ourselves from the should I say the wrong love of material world around us, then we're heading in the right direction. What this means is, everyone needs money to live in this world. That's Allah's plan. So everyone works, everyone accumulates. People want a house, they want this. MashaAllah, these are natural thoughts that come in the mind and heart of every individual human being. At some stage, look, I need to survive. It's survival, you have a belly, you need to fulfill it. And at the same time, when we start earning, we become greedy automatically unless we control ourselves and the love for that wealth. So you find a person, and this has happened perhaps with a lot of people where when they don't have anything, they are happy with a $20 note. And when they do have the $20 note, they are looking for $200. And once they've got the $200, they are no longer happy with the $200. For them, it's the $2,000. And when they've got the 2,000, it's now 20 grand. And after that, it becomes 200 grand. Now they've got two houses they've purchased. They're still looking at the third one down the road. This is man. This is what Allah says. And He says, you give your wealth out. Let's see. You, we've given you more than you will ever be able to use already. We've given you so much. We just want you, rather than you dying and it being you know, distributed in whatever way possible. Sometimes they don't even do it properly. Rather than that, you give it in your lifetime, give whatever you have to in terms of the charity. Help the people, help those. You know, even in the period of Jahiliyyah, before the advent of Islam, some of those pagan Arabs, one or two of their qualities was the quality of generosity. Some of them were very generous. There was a man, Abdullah ibn Jad'an, and he wasn't a Muslim. He was uh, the pre-Islamic days, yet he found a treasure. And when he found a treasure, he went to the people or some of the older people and he told them, look, I found this treasure. What should I do? They, you know how sharp they were. Listen to what they said. They said, if you want to have a good reputation after you've died, you want people to remember you forever and ever, then with that wealth, help all those in need. Imagine. He started helping anyone who had a debt. He would find out what it's all about. Go and pay it. He, and he wasn't a rich man before he found the treasure. And... Anyone who needed wealth, he did this. He did this. so many things he, he, he achieved with that wealth of his. And up to today, he was not a Muslim, but his names are mentioned. His name is mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah. That's how we know about it. And the books of history, they, they record the name of Abdullah ibn Jad'an. So if you want a good reputation after you've gone, help other people. Help them in whatever way you can. And generations down, they say, this guy had a grandfather. 
You know, his grandfather was such a generous man. He helped the whole society. He put up this masjid. He put up this school. Or he did this, whatever. But when you are gone, they will remember. And at least someone somewhere will say a prayer for you. And even if they don't, you have the reward of sadaqah jariyah. Which means you've done something that benefits generations. By the will of Allah. But you did it. In order to achieve that, you have to divorce the love of the material item for yourself. So if I love it for myself alone, then what will happen? I become greedy, number one. Number two is I will at some stage resort to clandestine behavior in order to earn. So you find, and this is happening in a lot of countries, a lot of countries where the wealthiest of the business people have the most crooked of the dealings. Because once they get 20 million and they're sitting on it finished, you are a nobody. Who are you to earn 2,000? You must come through me. That's the idea. Why? Because now you've arrived at a new level of love of the dunya. Yet, you could be reading your five salah a day. You've done wa'aqimu salata, but you have not fulfilled wa'atu zakata correctly. So Ibrahim alayhi salam's life, we were taught the sacrifice both you know, himself with his body and with his own, uh, with his family. And on top of that, all the means he had, he used in order to build the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And not just one, but even the other one in, in Jerusalem. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So, we learn a lot. If a person loves wealth and they don't check it by giving out. You know what the hadith says, the best charity is that which you give when you are fearing poverty as a result. Have you ever heard this? The, the Muhammad openly declares the best charity is that which you give for the sake of Allah. Yet you think when I'm giving it that, you know what? I actually need money, but here, yeah, Bismillah, this is the cause, gone. And the Rasulullah says, that comes back with the biggest returns, the biggest ever returns. That is why the Sahaba عنهم, used to give figures like 100%. 50% of their wealth. Who would be able to do that? You need to have iman. But for them, Rasulullah told them by tongue, straight. Do you know what? This is what you'll achieve as a result. They, didn't, they gave it without batting an eyelid. With us, we still have the same words. But what do we give? We all have expenses and things are becoming more and more expensive. These are excuses sometimes. Excuses. You'll earn. Allah will provide. You'll be able to pay. You'll be able to do. Sometimes you may need to downgrade your life. In order to be able to afford a little charity. But people are very, very, should I say, reluctant to downgrade their lives. Very reluctant. You know, sometimes you cannot afford a school fee. You have to downgrade the school. So you find sometimes people would send their children to the top school in the country. But they, may Allah protect us all. But they have to go around begging for the fee. Yet, had they sent the same children to a lower school, for example, they might have achieved better results. Perhaps there must have been something in there from Allah for them. Yes, if someone has a scholarship and so on, alhamdulillah, it's good. But what I'm saying, when we are leading a tough life and we still want to incur expenses, then it is us to blame if we are depressed. It is us to blame. Ibrahim alayhi salam, what did he do? He lived the simplest life, the simplest life. Yet Allah says, وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Allah has taken Ibrahim as a close friend of his own. This means, 
Whether you have or you don't have, does not actually show whether you are close to Allah or He is close to you. He had, when, to be honest with you, almost nil. In the middle of a desert, there was nothing. He went, you know, he was, he was asked to leave the city that his father was in. He left at a young age. He went somewhere else, he went to another place, and he was basically not nomadic, but more or less similar, in the sense that he just moved around. And he went here, went there, and as a result, Allah says, you know what? The place where you left your wife and child, I will make that place such that the whole world will yearn to go there. It's over. Today we fight for visas, we are struggling, we pay thousands of dollars. To do what? Go to that place which at one stage was such a desert that there was not even water there, no even life there, there was nothing. This is Ibrahim alayhi salam. This is what the sacrifice is all about. He sacrificed for the sake of Allah. What are we ready to sacrifice? For the sake of Allah. And his status was elevated because of the sacrifice. So our status will be elevated when we sacrifice. But today, what are we ready to sacrifice? Do you spend 30 minutes of your 24 hours reading the English translation of the Quran? Do you? I was in the UK a few days ago and I asked a question. And I'm going to ask it here again. And very few people put up their hands. But I'm, let's be honest. We just want to know. Let's be honest. How many of us here have studied the English translation of the Quran from cover to cover and covered it thoroughly? Put up your hand. Allahu Akbar. We can do better. Can we not? Alhamdulillah. We can do better. I can. And so can you. Did you hear my question? This is the book that will take you to paradise. You haven't yet read it. Basically, that's what we're saying. This is the book that is the only word of Allah, your maker. It's His word. Imagine. Subhanallah. You know, for the youth, they understand examples I give. When your girlfriend writes you a love letter, it can be 14 pages. You've memorized it such that you know 13 pages down. When you go five lines down, there's a dot at the end and she's put a little heart there with two little eyes and a little smiley there. Ooh, it was nice. Why? Because, hey, that's my cheek, see? And Allah, Allah said, God, I said, Billah. But you know what I'm talking about. It's an example that the youth relate to. But this is your maker. Look at your hands and say, hey, who gave me these hands? Allah. Well, what did he say? Open his book and have a peep. Allahu Akbar. It will change your life. Guarantee. Guarantee. We don't even know the meanings of the Quran. And guess what? We die with the devils telling us, you're not allowed to read its meaning. It's over. Did you hear what I just said? We die with the devils telling us, you're not allowed to read its meaning. Who are they? To determine what I should and shouldn't read when it comes to the word of my maker. Or they're going to come to the grave and say, no, no, we told him not to read your book, ya Allah. We told him, don't understand it. This is too high for you. But Allah made you. Why would he reveal a book too high for you when he made you and me? For what? He revealed a book that I could understand and you could and there would be certain verses in there that the lame man wouldn't understand and he said, when you don't understand anything, you must ask those with knowledge. Don't jump to conclusions. That's the only guideline that you need to know when you're reading the Quran. Not to jump to conclusions. That's all. And those verses are very few in number. But a lot of them, they have beautiful stories. 
I picked up with me in London, Sahih International Translation of the Quran. Beautiful translation in the plain English that I'm speaking with you now. That type of English. It's called Sahih International. The best I've ever seen, I have seen. And it, it, you read it such that you enjoy reading it. You get to the next page, you don't even want to stop. By the will of Allah. We, when our car breaks down, we make a plan to get the part couriered from Dubai here. Because the car broke down. Brother, we are breaking down as human beings. Can't you get this Quran from somewhere couriered to you? Make a plan. Allahu Akbar. It's once in a lifetime. That's what it is. And read it. May Allah bless us. I am actively searching. Inshallah. The brothers are saying we can email it in PDF form to anyone who gives the, uh, the email address to them. Inshallah. So, to be honest, I am trying to look for an MP3 of someone who may have read that entire book. And if they haven't, I will read it, inshallah, and record it. From cover to cover in order for it to be an MP3 for us to play it in our vehicles. By the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's important that this work happens. Because a lot of us in our car, whilst we're driving, whatever, we've got an MP3. Sometimes listen to what Allah has said as well. You know, you might listen to Quran, you might listen to a good program, you might listen to some nasheed and so on. Put in this as well and listen to what Allah has to say. It is so powerful, it will raise your hair, believe me. It changes you as a person. It makes you love your maker, really. It's his word, it makes you love him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and open our doors. But it requires a sacrifice. We are not ready to sacrifice sometimes. Why? We just need a push. A push. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and help us to sacrifice. Look at Ibrahim alayhi salam. For Allah, he sacrificed us. We don't even know what Allah wants us to sacrifice because we haven't even read his book. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And this is why I believe the biggest insult is to pass away without having tried to understand the book of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. I really believe this. I firmly believe it the bottom of my heart. The biggest insult is to pass away without having tried to, to study this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did he say here? I want to know what he said. Because you live once, my brothers and sisters, only once, only once you live. And how can I come to the point of death and I haven't known why my maker made me? How? And he sent a manual and I haven't yet read it. I don't even know. Allahu Akbar. I don't even know what did he make me for? What's the whole thing? And Allah has spoken in the book about Jannah and Jahannam and death and birth and the various stages. And you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's so beautiful that when you get to a certain stage, you're like in love with Allah so much that that book is the main thing in your life. Subhanallah. The Quran, Allah has told us through the blessed lips of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Khayrukum. You want to know who's the best from amongst you? The best from amongst you. مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ Whoever learns the Qur'an and teaches it. So we have mistranslated that to meaning you only got to learn the alif ba and teach people how to recite the Arabic without going to its meaning yet. That is only a portion of the meaning. It is included definitely in the meaning without a doubt. But it's only a part of it. Whereas those who learn it and teach it to others in every way. So you have the explanation, which is the prime meaning of that hadith. The prime meaning of the hadith. 
If a person died without being able to read the Quran fluently as in recitation, but they knew its meanings and they fulfilled it properly, they stand a better chance to enter paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Jannah. But a sacrifice is required. So we slaughter animals and we enjoy the meat and the beef in this part of the world is tops, mashallah. And we'd say, hey, if you're cutting a cow, remember to bring me the fillets, you know, and so on. Mashallah, we enjoy all that, don't we? And if you're cutting a goat, you must remember those poor goats are the best, you know, those ones by bite breed. We know everything. We know the works. You must make sure they are this and they are that and you must check, hey, this animal and this. Everything we know. Sometimes we even know how Hey, if you cut in Bihar in India, you know it's less than a third of the price here. Guys, you rather just send everything going there. Look, you're allowed to send out on condition that you're not just searching for the cheapest deal available. You see? Because Allah is not cheap. To be honest with you, you should put in your money, buy the animal. Look after it. And when you, when you sacrifice at the end of the day, ask yourself one question. Today I'm sacrificing this animal, we're going to eat the meat perhaps. What have I sacrificed in reality in my life for the pleasure of Allah? What have I sacrificed? A lot of us, and this is the truth, we don't stop gambling, we don't stop drugs, we don't stop whatever else, perhaps pornography, perhaps adultery, perhaps drinking, so many bad habits, swearing, shouting, accusing. These are major sins that act as a metal door between you and paradise. Major sins. Imagine we're getting to the door of paradise and suddenly the big accusations of the dunya come ahead of us. Say, blocked. Why? I am the accusation that you delivered. Whilst you are alive, today you're not allowed entry here. First go there and cleanse yourself. So the person is thrown into hellfire. Allah safeguard us. We don't want that to happen. So watch your tongues. Watch out. Be careful. This is a sacrifice. The sacrifice is things that we don't like to do. That's a sacrifice. What you like to do, eat ice creams and all that, we can have every day, mashallah. You know, the beautiful part of this world, it's not a sacrifice, mashallah. Sacrifice is connected to that which your nafs, your desires, your soul is telling you, hey, this thing here is tough. Then you get up, that is for the sake of Allah. Then you do things. Like I say, to pick the Quran up and to go deep into its meaning, your nafs will tell you so many times, hey, you know what, I don't have the time, I don't, you have to make that time. You have to make sure you sit every day. You have to make sure that you force yourself to do it. Then you can join the ranks of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Perhaps. Allah grant us goodness. Same applies to salah. The same applies to our dress code. We all have goodness in us. But sometimes the devil overtakes us to the degree that we need to pelt him. Just like Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam pelted him. Pelt him meaning kick him out man. Throw him away. This devil that is... Coming to us, making us angry. You know, temper is a great sin. Meaning, when you get angry for nothing, it's, it's a major sin because you're messing your health, you're going to oppress someone, you probably, it's going to lead you to so many other things that you will regret. So Allah tells you through Muhammad Wasallam, Don't get angry. You need to think rationally. We accuse people, our spouses, our own family members, our wives and children, believe me, how we talk to them. Allahu Akbar. Does it earn the pleasure of Allah? These people who depend on us, they look up to us, they, they look up to us to protect them and we are busy telling them words that hurt them. Is it fair? Let's be honest. They have nowhere to go besides to Allah. Imagine if that woman we are married to complains to Allah, Ya Allah, look at this husband of mine. He's saying words that are hurting my heart. Ya Allah, help me. I've 
been given to him, entrusted to him, and today he's hurting my heart. So let's be careful. Vice versa as well. Nowadays we need to talk about the other side as well. May Allah protect us. We should not be uttering words that are damaging to our spouses, our children. Treat them like adults. Talk to them nicely. Convince them. Have a good chat with them. And inshallah they'll improve. Give them some hope. We all need hope by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my brothers and sisters, the sacrifice, we learn a lot from it. And the prime point is, what are you prepared to sacrifice? Do you really think it's about meat? Do you really think it's about spilling the blood? Astaghfirullah. No way. Allah says, the meat of it will never get to Allah. The meat of it or the blood of it, that's not what Allah wants. It is the taqwa, the piety that is achieved, the consciousness, the fear of Allah that is achieved as a result. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala counts. So as a result of the sacrifice, did we just make it into a big party and say this is the day of Eid and happiness? And it is, but is that where it stopped? Or did we achieve the taqwa from it, the piety from it, the lesson of sacrifice from it? If we did, we are heading in the right direction. If we didn't, Today's reminder should push us in the right direction. We can improve our lives. We can become better people by abstaining from sin. And I want to end off by saying that sin, my brothers and sisters, can only be a burden. Nothing else. The minute a person sins, it's, it, it might seem very nice. We become energetic when we have to head in the direction of sin. We become energetic with a false energy pushes us right into position to execute the sin with ease. Once it's done, there's only one thing that happens. We are burdened with something that's heavy on our shoulders. We get angry, we get upset. Long run, we realize what we've done if we are fortunate. But at the same time, we don't know why we are so angry, so upset. Uh, nothing is working at home, nothing is working at the business or at the workplace, nothing is happening here, I'm moving this way. You need to cut out sin because sin comes with a burden. We need to sacrifice that. That is the first thing. Imagine we are talking of sacrificing to earn the pleasure of Allah. What about sacrificing to abstain from the, that which angers Allah? We can stay away from it. Sin has never brought about goodness on anyone. Never. We're worried. Once you commit a sin, there is a concern in you. And believe me, when a person grows of age and they meet Malakul Maut, they meet the angel of death, if they have not sprinkled their sheets with lots and lots of repentance, they will find themselves thinking over the whole past. I came in the dunya, I lived here, I got to a certain age, I was 15, I was the coolest in the city, I had this ring and I had this chain and I had drove this car and this is the top speed I did and this is what I did, I earned this much, I did that. Oh, I had all the females in my life. I had this. I had everything. I clubbed and I did what? What did I gain? Today I'm gone. Where am I going? He doesn't know. Why? He hasn't yet read the Quran. He doesn't know where he's going. That was a waste of a life. This is the life of the dunya. That's what the kuffar used to say. Dead, alive. It's, it, that's it. It stops there. It starts there and it stops there. You're alive, everything starts. You die, everything ends. That's not what we believe. We believe it's just a test, short test. 
You know, if you take a look at a person who's now old, see how they looked like when they were 20, 30, 50. Perhaps more good looking than me and you. More energy, stronger. Today they are wilting. They cannot walk. That itself is a lesson. You are getting there unless you die before that. You have to get there. There's no option. So don't think whilst I've got my energies, let me just blast. There'll come a day when you won't have the energies and you'll say, Ya Allah, I wish that I used those energies to do the right thing today. I don't even have the capacity to go down in sajda properly. May Allah grant us the ability to go down today. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, this is a little bit of the sacrifice. I, like I said, we want to learn a few lessons. These are some of the lessons uh, that I chose to mention. Although there are tons of lessons, and inshallah we may go through them uh, in the future again, perhaps next week. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. We are going to get into the days of uh, Hajj and the days of Eid very, very soon. And we hope and pray you've already made a plan for your sacrificial animals. In this part of the world, mashallah, it's not so difficult. But make your plan from now. Don't leave it last minute because this is such a great sacrifice, such a great act of worship. One of the signs of a person dilly-dallying in their link with Allah is that when it comes to sacrifice, the last day they're running around, hey, my animal, hey, my this, my that. That shows that they link with Allah needs a bit of repay. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the best link. May He help us improve. Like I said, all of us, I encourage you to sort your matters out before the first of the hijjah. You already know where your animal is, what's going to happen, how everything is in place. And alhamdulillah, we feel the link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah bless us all. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.